welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Well, shalom, friends. Welcome to The Chosen People. So glad you're taking a little bit of time to join us. And as you know, if you've listened to the show before, we are studying the names of God. At least we're we're just at the beginning of it. So if you didn't catch the first couple of shows, uh, you can go back online, either through The Chosen People site or through your local radio uh, station site and and take a, a listen to what we have presented already. And uh, I can summarize it pretty quickly. We believe the names of God are windows into the very nature and character of God. When you know something about the names of God, then you know something about God. And if you know a lot about the names of God, well, (laughs) maybe you don't know a lot about God, but at least you know something more about God. You know, the amazing passage we looked at and one of our points of introduction is Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to God, but that which has been revealed belongs to us. And so we're not responsible for the secret parts. And you would never, we would never know everything. Or maybe we just end up knowing a thumbnail about the nature of God. But what we can know has been revealed to us in the Bible And some of that has been through his names. And so when we look at the names of God, we're looking into the very character and person of God. And so to help me with this study and every other study we do for you uh, on this program is Bobby Walter. And Bobby is the regional director for Chosen People Ministries in the largest region of Jewish people, more Jewish people in this region than anywhere else in the United States, at least and that is New York City. So welcome, Bobby. Yes, shalom, Mitch. Thank you, and uh, shalom to all of our listeners. And Mitch, I'm really, you know, I'm excited about this this entire series because uh, it is just fascinating to think about all that we can glean, the, the kinds of truths that we can glean and understand when we look at, at uh, the names of God. And uh, I love that image of the names being windows through which we're able to peer into uh, to God's nature and character. Actually, Bobby, I, I think of them as Chagall windows. Uh, even better. <laughs> <laughs> Colorful, beautiful. Vibrant, moving, yeah. Powerful, vibrant, absolutely. And so let's take a look at the book of Esther, and maybe you can give us a little background to the book of Esther. We don't read it every day in our Bible studies, and if we did, it wouldn't take too long. It's only 10 chapters. But why don't you go ahead and just maybe share a little bit yeah. about the backgrounds to the Book of Esther? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So the Book of Esther, again, it's it's a very exciting, action-packed book, uh, but also very curious at the same time. The the setting is about a hundred years after the Babylonian exile. So we're probably talking about like 450 to 400 BC, before the time of Messiah. And uh, it's in exile. It's no longer Babylon, but it's uh, Shushan City in the Persian Empire in the Far East. And uh, we've got some Jewish people still out there living in that area. Uh, Some of the Jewish people who were exiled returned to Israel, returned to Jerusalem. Uh, We read about that in Ezra and Nehemiah. 
but many did not. Many stayed scattered in the nations surrounding Israel. Uh, So, this book, Esther, again, it's about the community that's living in Shushan City, which was the capital of this ancient Persian empire. And what's really unique and different about this book, Mitch, especially if we're talking about the names of God, uh, is something that kind of leaves us scratching our head. Would Would you tell us what that is? Oh, boy, I'm so glad you put it to me, Bobby. Thank you. It's an easy one. The name of God is never mentioned. Not one of the many names for God is mentioned in the book of Esther. And this has driven Jewish people crazy for centuries, using numerology, using acrostics, Hebrew acrostics, doing everything they can to see if they could find one of the names for God, which we'll talk about beginning next week. But there's no no luck, Bobby. There's You won't find... God's name in the book of Esther, but there are other ways in the book of Esther that actually God shows his presence, shows his activities, and God shows us his person and character in the book of Esther. Now, before we get to Esther, though, uh, we have to look at a passage of scripture, a promise, a covenant that underlies the entire Uh, book of Esther. You can't understand the book of Esther without understanding the Abrahamic covenant. Bobby, do you you know anything about the Abrahamic covenant? Yeah, yeah. Thank God I've been able to learn a thing or two about it over the years. That's uh, because you attended the Charles Feinberg Center for Messianic Jewish Studies, which is the joint program between Biola and Talbot Seminary and Chosen People Ministries. And you are one of our great graduates. So, We did look at the Abrahamic Covenant a few times there, didn't we? We certainly did. We certainly did. (laughs) Almost every day. (laughs) Okay, so you want to maybe read it? Yes. So, in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, this is what it says. Now, the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And so God is faithful to that covenant. It's unconditional. There's no time limitations to it. In fact, there's no obedience required by the people of Israel for the covenant to be fulfilled It rests upon God. In Genesis chapter 15, animals were cut in half, and the fire pot and torch walked through the cut animals while Abraham was asleep. It was a dream, and it reminded us that the covenant, the power of the covenant lies with God himself because Abraham was asleep. Mm -hmm. And the statement goes like this, if you could put the animals back together, then you can break the covenant. It's, it's sort of like, you know, when you break a glass at a Jewish wedding. There are many different interpretations of that. But one of the interpretations is very Abrahamic covenant-like because, you know, the groom lifts up, lifts up his foot and uh, smashes the glass, which is usually a light bulb, so it makes a nice pop. And the idea is if you can put all those pieces of glass back together, then you can break the marriage. So it's sort of the opposite. And this is the same thing in Genesis 15. 
This is an unbreakable covenant. The God who promises, the God who keeps the promise, and the God who imparts his power and understanding to the people of Israel so that they will, in fact, do what they need to do for the covenant uh, to happen. And what, what are just a couple of elements of that covenant, Bobby, before we continue? Yeah, so one of the elements is the land, uh, the promise of the land. Um, we see it in Genesis 12, 1, that God is calling Abram to leave, to go to a specific land that he had set apart. And we see that even mentioned at the end of Genesis 15, after that covenant where Abraham is put to sleep and the animals are cut in half, we see God give the borders, uh, the, the boundaries for that specific land. Uh, another element is God's faithfulness, God's commitment to the reproduction of the people, to the growth of the people uh, as the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as we learn later on. Uh, but then also this idea that, um, uh, that nations, people, will be judged by God according to how they treat God's chosen people, how they treat mm -hmm. Abraham and his descendants forever. And God says, I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you, I will curse. So, if I can use New York slang, you know, to just put that together, if y'all mess up <laughs> and you treat the Jewish people poorly, you'll be judged. But if y'all do well and treat the Jewish people well, then you'll do well. And we do see this covenant underlying the entire book of Esther. And um, so let me just give us maybe a couple of principles. And as we look at these principles in the text, I think we'll figure out something about the nature of God and, and how his faithfulness and how he keeps his promises. And, you know, his keeping promises uh, is tied to a very big word that theologians use about God. That is, he is immutable. He's unchanging. Mm -hmm. It's not that God is static. It's just that God is always the same. And so if he makes a promise, he keeps a promise. Why? He can't change. You know, God can't lie. God can't break a promise. And that's underlying the Abrahamic covenant. So even in, in the most dire moments of Jewish life in history, as we've seen, you know, if you've been watching uh, been, or if you followed all that was going on between Israel and, and Hamas and, and so on, you know that Israel cannot be destroyed because no matter how hard people try, they're really fighting against God, not against Israel. And so God will preserve his people. So I'm reading from uh, chapter 2, verse 21. And the principle here is that God, because he's sovereign, because he's powerful, because he's omniscient, because he never changes, you see, all these elements of God's character are revealed in what he does, as well as his names. So God puts his children in the right place at the right time to do his will. So we know the story. First of all, Esther becomes the queen. I mean, of, of all the women who could have become the queen to replace Vashti, who just sort of lost her head over her husband, you know? So that was a joke. So if, if Esther replaced uh, Vashti and became the queen, I mean, it, it took a long time uh, they had to select her, then she had to please the king, and then, I mean, it was a long process. Well, the one thing that nobody knew about Esther was that she was Jewish. That was hidden. 
And so here's how the story begins to unfold, uh, because there's one more, one more person in, in the plan here that we need to mention. That's Uncle Mordecai. And so God puts his people in the right place at the right time. Certainly he put Esther in the right place at the right time with his sovereign, all-powerful, omniscient hand. But he also put Mordecai in the right place at the right time. So I'm reading from um, Esther chapter 2, verse 21. In those days, while Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigtan and Teresh, two of the king's officials from those who guarded the door, became angry and sought to lay hands on king, people say, Ahasuerus. I can't even say it in English. Okay, it's Ahasuerus in Hebrew. Verse 22. But the plot became known to Mordecai, and he told Queen Esther. And Esther informed the king in Mordecai's name. And of course, those two uh, rebellious people were, were hung. Now, God put Esther and Mordecai in the right place at the right time. Esther was the queen. Mordecai was sitting at the gate uh, listening. And then in Esther chapter 4, verse 13, which I think is really critical to this whole situation, Mordecai told, said this to Esther. And ready? I, I love this. Do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. She was concerned about uh, approaching the king because it was uh, the custom was is you just did not approach the king directly, no matter who you were, and if you did, you could lose your life. So she was concerned about it. So Mordecai was giving her a gentle uncle nudge. So don't imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Now, there are two important factors here. One is kind of a Romans 8.28. We know that God works all or causes all things to work together for good to those that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. But a whole series of events comes from this one placement of Mordecai and Esther in the right place. Eventually, Haman gets into the scene, and Haman wants to destroy the Jews. And Haman is a descendant of Agag, who was the father of the Amalekites. So it's interesting that two historic enemies ended up in the Persian court, and the descendant of King Agag, who was, of course, Haman, was trying to destroy the Jews, but the Abrahamic covenant was working itself out in everyday life, and God was not going to allow Haman to be the instigator in destroying the Jews, although he got pretty far, but he didn't get far enough. So God had put a Jewish queen in there to stop that plot dead. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This is a, a revelation of God's sovereignty, covenant faithfulness, and so many other things. But there's also something that's pretty interesting about chapter 4, verse 13, Bobby, and that's some of the language that's used there. 
You want to explain that? It's a very Jewish issue that deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what we have going on here, again, it's, it's fascinating because we see Mordecai's faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob on display here. Uh, when the Jewish people, they're in exile here in Persia, they're being threatened. They're being threatened with extermination. Mordecai finds out about it. He goes to Esther and he tells her, look, whether you step up or not, deliverance and relief, it's going to come from another place. So, the implication there is that God will remain faithful to his promises, the promises that he's made uh, to his people, to Abraham in Genesis 12 and Genesis 15 and, and repeated to Isaac, to Jacob, and to the people throughout the ages. Now, what some ancient rabbinic scholars uh, have tried to see in this verse in particular, since God is never mentioned by name, they suggest that verse 14, where it says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. So, the suggestion is that this Hebrew word for place, which is hamakom, hamakom, that that is a name for God. That another name for God is the place. He is the place where the relief and deliverance is going to come from for the Jewish people. Bless those ancient sages. So, they know that God's name was missing. Yes. But they found a way to discover a new name for God (laughs) that is very inobvious to most people. Hamakom. He is the place. You know, Yeshua said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. Maybe Yeshua should have added, and I'm the place where it all happens, because he is. God is faithful. And we learn a lot about God's faithfulness to his covenant, to his people in the book of Esther. He is, in many ways, Hamakom. He's the place in whom we live and have our being. And so one of the great lessons we learn here, Bobby, that God is the place. It means that he's where it all happens. He is the place. And he is faithful to the Jewish people and faithful to us. He is the place, the promised place of blessing. And it's interesting in, uh, in one of the Psalms, Psalm uh, 133, which is only a few verses, at the end of that Psalm, the Hebrew word sham is used, which is similar to makom, and that the blessings are there. And, and the rabbis again discuss, where is there? <laughs> well, there is like the place. We understand that sometimes God's name is not used, but he is present. He is there. He is the place. And when we recognize that, It's a blessing for us all. The Jewish people are scattered throughout the world. You might live in the middle of a Jewish community or in the middle of the heartland with no Jewish neighbors for a hundred miles. Maybe your best friend in college was Jewish or the only interaction you've had was watching a Jewish actor on TV. Maybe you visited Israel and fell in love with the land and its people or you haven't, and visiting Israel would be a dream come true. No matter where you live, who you know, or what you do, one thing is true. 
Israel and the Jewish people have played a huge role in world history and are still an important part of God's plan. After all, God chose this tiny people group to bring salvation to the whole world. Through Messiah Jesus. If it weren't for the Jewish people, we would not have a relationship with the Father as we have it today. But sadly, many Jewish people still do not know Jesus as their Messiah, and God's heart still breaks for them. So let's join in their story, playing the role that God wants us to play in their salvation. As Paul wrote, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Romans 1.16 Do you want to see the power of God? Unite with his heart to reach the Jewish people for Jesus, and you will see him unleash his purpose, promise, and power in your church and community like never before. Let's make God's priority our priority. Interested in learning more about the Messianic Jewish faith or the Jewish roots of Christianity? Maybe you want to know how Jewish holidays point to the fulfillment of Jesus. Well then, be sure to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, Inside Israel. You'll receive weekly updates about our ministry, including videos, links to our podcast, a summary of the latest news coming out of Israel, discounts in our online store, and so much more. Sign up today when you go online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com slash radio. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. This ministry exists to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and serve Jewish people everywhere, and to equip believers to do the same. So if you'd like to know more about us, let me encourage you to stop by our website and explore. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And we even have a free gift for you just for connecting with us today. That's right, Bobby. The book, great book, Why Israel, explores Israel through the lens of Scripture, bringing clarity to this sometimes controversial topic, such as, has the church replaced Israel in God's plan? Does Israel still have a hope for the future? What about the modern state of Israel today? This book by Tommy Fretwell is an introductory study about the role God's given to the Jewish people and the land of Israel. Tommy writes with spiritual passion and insight. I know you're just going to love this book. So we'll send this gift to you for free when you say hello at chosenpeople.com slash radio. You can also ask for the book, Why Israel? by Thomas Fretwell when you call us at 888-293-7482 or by writing to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street in New York, New York, 10022. That's 241 East 51st Street, New York, New York, 10022. And now let's wrap up today's program with the ironic benediction. Yivarechecha Adonai Yishmarecha Ya'er panavelecha Bichunecha Yisa Adonai Pana velacha, viasem lecha, shalom, viasem lecha, shalom, viasem lecha, shalom, 
ויוסם לך שלום. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. From humble beginnings in Brooklyn, New York, to serving in 18 countries across the globe, Chosen People Ministries exists to share the knowledge of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, with God's chosen people. Our outreach programs include evangelism and discipleship, messianic centers and congregations, and equipping local churches for Jewish evangelism. If you have a heart to reach the Jewish people in your community with the love of Messiah, connect with us today. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio.